Welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Shamala Priyaga from Ford. She is the product owner for Ford's Autonomous Digital Assistant. Shamala has more than 18 years of experience designing for mobile, web, desktop, and smart TV interfaces. Six of these years have been spent designing voice interfaces for connected home experience, automotive, and wearables. She is also an active ambassador for the Open Voice Network, bringing the value of standards to the multi-platform, multi-device, multi-use world of voice assistance. Why don't you go ahead and kind of introduce yourself and what you're doing at Ford and how voice got into the automotive industry? I'm basically a UX designer, you know, started my career 20 years back as a UX uh, designer and, you know, I was evangelizing voice for a long time. And then from there, I, uh, you know, started working in 2012. I started working with Amazon. That's where, you know, like I participated in the hackathon and uh, the proposal was augmented reality with voice. And, you know, that got some traction. And from there, you know, my journey started with voice, Uh, you know, like I was one of the beta testers for Amazon. Alexa when it was a secret project and from there you know moved on to Voicebox technology which was all about uh, uh, conversational AI platforms like ASR, NLP, GTS, all the platforms they used to develop everything end to end but uh, I stayed there for some time and then the company was uh, you know in the verge of uh, getting acquired so I then uh, joined Ford and uh, since then I've been here at Ford designing uh, voice interactions. I was part of the Sync for uh, voice interactions. And now I moved to Ford Motor, uh, like the autonomous uh, division where I lead the, uh, you know, like the digital assistant for AVs. During this time, I mean, I feel like I'm probably wrong, but I feel like voice automation in cars is a fairly new thing. I'm just curious how it kind of developed into what it is, because now we are very familiar with um, utilizing voice, like not just in GPS, but so much in our technology in our car. You and I spoke earlier, I have a 2010 Ford Edge and I get frustrated because it's old technology, but I can still speak to it. Um, so what, what has been your progression into, or what have you witnessed through voice in automotive? It's an interesting question. So see, it's not very new. I would say that voice is, uh, you know, like new in the car. It has been there, uh, you know, for some time, like Uh, probably more than 10 years, like you own a 2010 and it still has a voice assistant, although it doesn't have all of the capabilities, it may not be natural and all. So the desire to have voice assistants in the car has always been there, uh, right? Just that, you know, uh, the technology was challenging. The first and foremost thing was, uh, you know, there was no connectivity in the car back in those days, right? And uh, that was limiting most of, uh, uh, you know, the capabilities, like what Alexa or Google Assistant might provide with the cloud capabilities. So everything has to be embedded. The moment you put everything embedded, of course, you know, there's space-related uh, issues, like, you know, there's limited space in the car and there's grammar and all of those kind of things. So what has changed since then is now cars are more connected. So the modern cars you would see, you know, have uh, inbuilt modem or they will have connectivity. So, uh, you know, you are able to create a more uh, connected experience uh, in the sense like uh, uh, you can have a hybrid experience where, you know, some of the features are in the car, some of the features are uh, off-road. So that way, you know, you are able to get the both worlds as well, you know, critical features related to, uh, vehicle control could be in the car and others can be in the cloud. So you're still getting that, those latest, uh, uh, you know, like features which the users desire nowadays. 
The second thing which has changed or evolved since, you know, like, uh, you know, like back in the days, a couple of years back is natural language. The biggest reason why most of these automotive OEMs did not have a natural language was, you know, uh, the limitations of the tools or platforms they were using and plus the connectivity, everything, including the grammar and everything has to be stored somewhere, right? Now with uh, cloud connectivity and uh, with now, you know, like these windows also providing more natural language capability than command line, uh, you know, like companies are able to leverage those kind of things as well. So uh, now you will see more and more, you know, like uh, natural language processing in the car where, you know, you can say whatever instead of navigation, destination, entry, you know, which most of the older versions were doing. Now you can simply say, find me a Starbucks. You know, you don't have to say like Canton, uh, you know, like Starbucks or something else, right? So you don't have to say it that way anymore, which was very complicated for a human to speak anyways. So uh, that has changed. And in addition to that, a lot more capabilities. So earlier, you know, the voice assistants were capable of doing, uh, making a phone call or finding a point of interest for you, right? Now they are able to do a lot more things. Voice dictation, because we have connectivity now, you know, allows us to do, us to do you know, open dictations as well. So you can uh, compose an email or a text message to someone you want. Or you can uh, do all sorts of things like voice shopping or, you know, like control your car. As the the machine learning learns is it something where it goes into a collective for everyone that's speaking to their car or is it just selective of that individual car let's say uh and this is probably like too obscure but like let's say i have a slang word or something like that and i i speak it in a certain way that would be different than like you would speak it and the does the car learn my natural language process and store it for me or does it put it into a collective so that maybe there is somebody else out there that might speak that dialect or dialect or slang that I use where it can grab it and learn it faster just for somebody else you don't design uh, for individual uh, you know especially with the natural language you do design personalization like for example there are two parts to it right one part is speaking part you know like there are different ways you can say something what is the weather in Seattle Will it rain today? Do I need a raincoat today? Or will it snow? Or, you know, whatever. There is different ways. Uh, or do I need an umbrella? They all mean the same thing, you know? Like some people will use more creative words to ask for the same thing. Now, assistant needs to understand that. Maybe you would have asked it. And there could be someone else similar to you who might also want to ask it. So you cannot design like, okay, because Gina asked, I have to, you know, design only for her. So when you're designing natural language, it's more of a global thing where you're designing for everyone, right? So how do you make it natural? You try to collect as many utterances, as much data as you can, and then feed it into the NLP. So it knows like uh, these are the different languages, which, uh, you know, uh, the system will understand when someone is asking for weather information. Now, the second part to uh, this is uh, when you're asking for weather information, okay? Maybe you don't want to specify the location always, uh, and you say, what is the weather? Or do I need a raincoat? right? Or will it rain? You're not specifying the location. So in that case, now the system needs to know like which location it is for, right? And that is where, you know, your personal preferences or local, uh, you know, like your points, uh, your location or things like that will come into play. Or maybe, you know, like you said, play music, you did not specify, maybe you like Michael Jackson. So now it is playing Michael Jackson for you. Like here's something you might like, that is a preference part, which is separate. And that is tied to your account. 
but the dialect part, the language part is more of a global thing. That's so fascinating to me. This is so beyond, <laughs> like, I just love to learn it, but it's, it's so beyond my complete understanding on it. Um, one thing that, cause I, I've been doing a lot more research, obviously on smart speakers than on, uh, automotive (laughs) you're kind of my first my first person to speak about this but um in smart speakers uh our alexa knows the difference between me and my five-year-old daughter and it was even before we set up profiles like she she went out there and said alexa play music and it played disney music and i wouldn't have picked that i would have picked something else so it knew that it was her um does uh automotive voice have that capability of knowing between i'm driving and my husband's driving uh, yeah, uh, if you have the accounts tied nowadays, you know, everything is possible with the technology. So the modern cars are capable of knowing, you know, of course, not all the car comes equipped with such something like this. Most of the luxury cars already have key fobs and, you know, like based on the key fobs, it would know whether, you know, it is you or your spouse, right? Uh, so those kind of things are there. And then, um, of course, nowadays, uh, it is also possible to, um, create your own profiles, multiple profiles, like you do for Alexa. And then based on that, you can, when you are in the car, it knows it is you versus him and then adjust the entire experience. And now, uh, voice biometrics is also another capability. Like, you know, uh, if you just get into the car and say like, Hey, it's me, Gina, you know, it would know, okay, I have to change now for that capabilities are there. Technology is available, but how much of that is being implemented? is something, you know, like uh, uh, still under discussions because automotive companies are thinking about all of these things, but then the primary modality or the primary experience for the automotive is transportation. All of these are the added benefits because people now just don't want a car to take them from point A to point B, right? And how much of those kind of experience do you want to tie in like voice biometrics or do you want to tie in, you know, any kind of personalization is all possible and something you know companies are thinking about the biggest thing is privacy security so companies do have to think about these and that is why you know like uh, automotive companies uh, you know uh, i would say like uh, they try to gauge all of the pros and cons before they launch something and I wanted to talk a little bit about the open voice network and the ethical responsibility in voice in auto. What What is happening on that front? Because from all the other voice industries that I've been exploring, it's a wild west right now. It's just kind of, you know, be on your best behavior of sorts. And I've been hearing about open voice network and some other organizations that are actually trying to make a difference. How does that work and play into um, automotive? Very interesting question. So a couple of things here, right? Open Voice Network is trying to standardize certain things. So right from, uh, you know, like if you look at Alexa or Google Assistant or Siri or Samsung or any other voice automotive, right? They have a term, you know, they've specified. For example, Alexa calls its voice applications as skills. Google calls it actions. You know, Samsung calls it capsules. But they all mean the same thing. But for a developer, you know, when they are designer, when they are designing the experiences, they have to learn all of the lingo. So if I'm creating, you know, like an experience where I want my application to be everywhere, I literally have to remember like Alexa is skill, Google is action, and even internally how the tool works or things like that. So that's one part to it. 
And that is where OpenWise Network is trying to standardize some of those things, not only the terminologies, but also some of the architectural aspects of it, like, you know, how should the architecture play into all of these things? The second aspect of it, like you rightly mentioned, was privacy and security, right? Now, there's multiple level of privacy and security. One is the consumer side of things, where, you know, user is asking for something. Now, throughout, like I was giving the example of weather, you know, or music. Now, if you said play music, and if I know, like, you like Michael Jackson, like you just said, you know, your daughter was speaking, and, you know, it started playing this new music. So something is happening there, you know, it identifies your daughter or her voice. And then it knows like it's a kid versus an adult. So, you know, like how is it getting that data? And where is it, uh, you know, like uh, uh, fulfilling that or, you know, where is it using it? And to whom is this information being shared? In music, for example, when you say music, in voice application, there are a lot of things which happens, right? From the moment you spoke something to the request being fulfilled, there are multiple things like speech recognition, uh, speech recognition engine, understanding all of the words you said and, you know, like interpreting, converting it into text. NLP will then interpret uh, the intent of the words you have said and see if there's an available matching intent into the system. And then from there, once it uh, understands, then it goes to the fulfillment logic. For example, it was music, then it will go to your service provider, like Spotify Stacker, to get that information. Or it was point of interest, then it will go to um, maybe an app provider right, and get that information. And then it goes to the text-to-speech engine where, you know, the text is being converted into spoken words and then sent back to you. Now, there are so many handoffs which is happening. Sometimes they could all be from the same company. Sometimes they could be different companies. For example, uh, you know, maybe someone is using, uh, you know, speech uh, morphing text-to-speech engine, maybe DeepGram's uh, ASAR, right, and maybe Rasa's entire NLP and conversational system. Now, in these things, there are different engines from different companies and handoff needs to happen seamlessly with all of these companies. The data is being shared everywhere. How do we ensure the data is safe, secured, and not misused at any of these stages? So there's a lot of these kind of things, uh, you know, you really have to think about. That's just one aspect of it. Now there are also consumer side, business side of things as well. Business to business partnerships are happening nowadays. For example, General Motors uh, announced uh, Alexa partnership. Now, business to business, how do you ensure the privacy and the data sharing is, uh, you know, secured and uh, not being misused? Check in next week for the conclusion to my interview with Shamala. In the meantime, I have some exciting news. I'm very excited to announce that I will be launching a course on sound's power and influence in marketing in early 2021, where we'll be discussing what sound is and where it came from, the origins of advertising, advertising today and predictions for the future, sound's role in decision-making and buying power, and how our brains process sounds to create choice and reaction. To sign up for early details, go to soundandmarketing.com or follow me on all the socials. For inquiries on sonic branding development or consultations, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. For more of the Sound and Marketing Podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher. This episode was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Isham. 
Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.